Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. Michelle is a licensed trauma and couples therapist also at Anchor Light. And you can listen to us anytime. We're always here Tuesday morning at, on 11.50 a.m. Talk Radio, but you can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just search Holding Ground. So good morning, Michelle. Good morning and good morning to our listeners as always. Um, and quick little plug reminder here. Uh, you can find a lot of great content on our website, anchorlighttherapy.com, uh, past episodes, an opportunity to connect with a, a new therapist. So definitely check us out uh, when you get the chance. So Lauren, today is part two of what to do when I'm in a relationship that have feelings or attraction for somebody else. So in the first episode, we discussed, uh, you know, how being attracted to other people is completely normal, why we might feel attracted to others, what we want to pay attention to uh, when we do have feelings. So what's the next chunk of this, Laura, that we would like to discuss? So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you might want to do if you find yourself in this situation. So first of all, you want to avoid, and this is hard when we're infatuated with someone, but you want to avoid putting them on a pedestal or glamorizing the situation um, by, because you're probably just focusing on the things that you really like about them. You're not seeing them as a whole person. You're seeing the things that are really compatible with you, the things that excite you. And so it's very easy to put this relationship on a pedestal when in fact, it may not be all of those things. Because again, this is just another person uh, that you are finding appreciation for, but they're a human just like your other partner. Mm -hmm. um, so notice that. It, notice if you're putting them on a pedestal. Uh, you might also want to be mindful if you're spending a lot of time fantasizing about them or engaging in activities that you feel like are really a self-esteem boost based on getting some sort of validation from them. And then... Typically, when somebody is having this type of experience, it's really highlighting that there's something that they're really craving that could maybe be provided through their ro their romantic relationship. So they might want to consider strengthen strengthening the relationship with their current partner. So that might be noticing, hey, we really don't spend any quality time together. I don't feel like I get any attention from this person. Is there a way for us to start trying to connect more? Um, whether that's through little rituals of connection, like the Gottmans talk about, you know, just mm -hmm. a little time to uh, check in and have a cup of coffee together in the morning, take the dog for a walk at night, or maybe it's going on a nice date night or doing something romantic, but seeing if some of the, the attention that you're craving or the romantic energy that you're craving can't be satisfied with your current partner. Right. Um, you also want to avoid changing your routines and habits so that you can spend time with the person that you have a crush on, especially mm -hmm. if you really don't want to risk uh, emotional infidelity and even physical infidelity. Don't put yourself in situations that might be hard to say no to when you're feeling in this vulnerable, infatuated, attracted state. 
Um, and then think about what a friendship with them would look like. And the idea that maybe you can have shared values or interests without needing to date the person or have a relationship with this person that's going to violate the boundaries of your existing relationship. So is it possible that while you may feel attracted to somebody because you really value some sort of uh, connection or uh, compatibility that you have with them, and maybe you don't have to completely scrap the relationship, is it possible to recategorize it in something that isn't threatening to your current relationship? Right, exactly. Um, so we want to start to consider the risks of if we take any of this a little bit further. Um, so of course, there's plenty of risks that can come out of a scenario like this. So, um, you know, the first one we want to think about is, let's say we engage with that crush, right? And maybe that crush doesn't reciprocate our, our feelings. Um, you know, even if, you know, let's say you take a step further and you were to end your current relationship to be with your crush, and then, right, they're, they're not on the same page. Um, you know, how, how, how crushing would that be to you to experience? And then maybe some awkwardness, right? Obviously with this other person. Um, so we definitely don't want to pressure this person. Um, a lot of collateral damage uh, can come out of something like this, right? Their family or family, potential work uh, environment, right? We keep talking about the work one, but you know that is where most people spend most of their time outside of, uh, of the house uh, most days, but really anywhere. Um, and, you know, this should go out without saying, but hopefully you're considering your partner um, and how they might feel. So um, how might they view the crush or another way of looking at it is how would you feel if your partner was feeling this way about somebody else? Um, that can be a good indicator of like, well, I want it like this, so I don't want to do that to them either in any sort of way. So um, uh, we want to think about uh, situations where it might be risky to actually spend time with this other person if you're having trouble managing the attraction. So definitely trying to avoid situations where you both might be drinking or engaging in other substances, right? Then it becomes harder to maintain ballot boundaries. Then some things seem like a better idea than they will the next morning. Um, so really trying to avoid uh, situations like that where you know your inhibitions are uh, reduced and maybe some feelings might be acted on in some sort away even if it's just um, some flirting right we might not want to get that far so um we want to also explore um that uh how we should reduce our interactions and our contact uh with this person or are there uh certain topics we shouldn't discuss because that's inappropriate um so thinking about those things as well and if there's some boundaries to be set in that way um, if you do believe that there is a threat with this uh, attraction to your current relationship, again, you want to definitely set some boundaries, uh, whatever those might be for yourself, so you um, are restricting that contact with them and the opportunity to have feelings, even if that's, you know, we think about physical contact, right, but is that liking each other things on social media? Is that sending, you know, messages um, in a way that, you know, is, is more than if you were talking in person, right? We're all texting and, you know, all kinds of other ways of uh, contacting each other, right? Uh, you know, is sending this person a friend request a step too far? So really paying attention to what those things um, mean because they could really increase um, some 
risk. So, and just, you know, keeping in mind that just because you have really strong feelings for this person um, does not mean they're your soulmate um, in the same way as any feelings we have for anybody when we first meet them, right? Um, does not mean they're your soulmate just because maybe they're checking a few boxes at the moment. Um, and it's it's so easy for people to believe that, especially if they're having a hard time in their relationship and then something crosses their path that makes them feel so good. It's almost magical. It feels like this must be a soulmate connection or it must be that, you know, this is what I was always meant to experience. And reality, you could just be reacting to feeling positivity after you've been feeling some negativity and that's not right. going to be sustainable long term. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Drips and drabs of feeling good and, you know, trying to get that elsewhere. Right. But that's not sustainable or good. You're right. So how can we start to um, work on maybe this not becoming an affair, right? Taking this to the full extreme max level, Laura. So there's a lot of reasons why you don't want this to have, you don't want to have an affair. And I, you know, morality is not a, one of the things that I consider when we talk to clients about having affairs. I want to, you want to think about what the impact is going to be to both you and your partner. You know, and some people successfully navigate having different romantic partners and, and, you know, open relationships, polyamorous relationships. And that's all fine because those boundaries are negotiated by those partners. Everybody's in the know about what is happening. And so if you want to have multiple partners that then, and you're with other people that are agreeing to those dynamics, that's great. But what we're specifically talking about are people who have agreed to monogamous relationships or some sort of dynamic where it isn't going to be appropriate to pull in another partner and that you're keeping this secret. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be damaging to you and to your partner and maybe even to the person that you're having the affair with as well. So one of the things you want to think about is how is when all of this is you know done and out in the open, how am I going to feel about how I approach the situation? Uh, yes. If I am, if I have lied to people, if I have betrayed trust, how am I going to feel about myself? You know, oftentimes what happens when people have an affair, they can't even enjoy it because they're feeling so guilty and miserable. And it, they, they feel guilty about cheating on their partner. They feel guilty about being with their partner for their affair apartment. I mean, it just becomes a big tangled mess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. It's like playing the tape through, right? What what happens at the end of this? Um, you know, it might feel great right now. And, you know, something that um, is a good thing to keep in mind, regardless if it, it's around this topic or otherwise, is we don't want to make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings. Right. Um, so, you know, in the same way, okay, maybe you get angry at work uh, one day, it doesn't mean quit your job the next day, right? Kind of sit down, yeah. think, um, you know, really reflect um, because, right, the outcome can definitely um, just not be good at all. So yeah. And a lot of times people have affairs because they can't advocate for themselves. They can't speak up and say what their emotional needs are. They can't mm -hmm. communicate difficult feelings to their partner and let them know that they're unhappy or there's things that they want to change in the relationship. And so they try to have those needs met outside, but because of the, the element of deceit and betrayal and lying, it doesn't feel good to anybody who's involved. Mm -hmm. Right. And when deceit and lying comes easier to you than advocating for your needs to be met, 
definitely something to explore. Um, You know, why is that the easier route versus speaking up for yourself? And did you, is there some sort of reason why you feel like your your needs are uh, um, deserving of having attention? So, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think emotional, you know, when you're feeling a really strong emotional attraction to somebody else, that it is a sign that there's some, something is off in your current relationship, that it isn't random. Um, You know, I think most people report when they're in happy relationships, they don't really think about other people. They might notice other attractive people um, Mm -hmm. and be able to, to appreciate that, but they aren't really invested in trying to connect with, you know, on a, on a romantic level with somebody else, because all of those needs are being met within their, their current relationship or enough of them are being met that it, they just don't need to seek that out somewhere else. So paying attention to what you need in your current relationship, especially if you don't want to leave now is the time to address what is going on. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's definitely physical affairs. Uh, we actually have a, a relatively old episode that we did a while back. And there's also a, uh, a blog on our website around one of the different kinds of affairs, right? So it's not just physical or emotional. There's a lot of different kinds of affairs that we can have based on whatever the motivation or need might be. Um, so, you know, that could look like, you know, jumping around and having lots of different affairs because you know what, Ooh, all those happy chemicals feel great at first, but you're not really intending to leave your primary relationship. You're definitely not looking to uh, spend the rest of your life with these folks. Um, However, right, it it can feel good in the moment. And of course, there's other uh, kinds of affairs as well. Um, But emotional affairs, right, that's a big one. And a lot of times people um, consider this more threatening than uh, a physical affair, Mm -hmm. right? And and there's good reason for that. Um, You know, both kinds of affairs probably don't feel great to most people, but uh, emotional uh, connection to kind of ups the ante there because it could potentially mean like, okay, here's another reason why this might actually be jeopardizing my future with this person, right? If they also have this emotional uh, connection. So, um, uh, you know, when, um, you know, again, if we're not feeling connected in our relationships, we might do this. Um, if we're not feeling safe, or supported. And, you know, that can look like not necessarily like physically safe, right, but emotionally safe in your current relationship. And maybe somewhere else, it feels like you have more freedom and support to talk about all of your emotions. So that could be one reason too. Um, you know, this could be, um, you know, a response to maybe your partner's uh, anxiety or their, you know, personal issues that maybe they're not working on. So again, this other, you know, somebody else might feel more attractive or you want to connect with them more because maybe, you know, they're in a better place or they're taking care of themselves. Um, so you also um, can see this when you feel like, gosh, this person gets me, right? Versus, you know, maybe feeling misunderstood as we can in our uh, current relationship. So feeling like you're really seen and understood and accepted, those are really great feelings. And so that's a, you know, that becomes more of an emotional attachment because they're actually needing some of these deeper uh, relationship or attachment needs that we all have, um, you know, and it could look like maybe you just have more fun with this person. They make you laugh more than maybe your current partner. And then, you know, definitely we all have different senses of humor. And I think we all can feel like when we connect with somebody's sense of humor, that's a pretty big connection. Um, so, I mean, it could be something as easy, um, 
as that as well. And so, um, again, we want to do, you know, if these things are deficits in our current relationship that we feel like, okay, maybe if I spoke up and we talked about it, it could get better, right? That might be um, a good thing to do. But yeah, emotional affairs definitely um, are a lot deeper than noticing the person at the water cooler and never thinking about them again. Yeah. And even if your partner doesn't know what you're doing, they do because they can feel mm -hmm. that you've disconnected from them. They can feel that you're not coming to them with, you know, whatever the emotional need is. You the, People describe a lot of times people feel like they're going crazy too. They're like, I know something's wrong in my relationship. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it. And it can also be common that the person who's having an emotional affair will gaslight them and say, I don't know what you're talking about. And that mm -hmm. can be a really painful experience for for someone. Yeah, yeah. Intuition, right? When we're with somebody long enough, we we can sense when something is off. So, and even if it's not conscious to you, um, you know, you, you probably are acting in a way where you're engaging less because, you know, your needs are being met somewhere else or, you know, uh, having more excited feelings for someone else reduces any maybe uh, remnants of excitement you had for your current partner. So it's, you know, kind of like, well, that's not really a something I need or a person that really brings me any meaning at this point, because I have such wonderful uh, feelings for this other person. Um, yeah, so this can show up definitely, perhaps more, uh, it just depends in a long distance relationship. So um, can you speak to that for a moment, Laura? Yeah, I mean, we know the old saying that absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know if that's actually true. I think absence lets us forget about what, how, why we feel connected mm -hmm. to somebody and start to seek out what's more in our proximity of what we're connection and attention and feeling safe and secure is available to us. So I think when somebody is far away, and many people have long distance relationships that they can make work, but you do have to find ways to stay really connected Otherwise, you know, if, if you have a partner who lives out of state and they don't call you during the week because they're working and then they just check in on the weekends, it's going to be very easy to lose that connection with that person. There's right. going to have to be a real investment, you know, probably through technology that we're FaceTiming and we're talking mm -hmm. and we're checking in and we're feeling emotionally connected to each, each other. Because if we aren't and somebody else crosses my path that is paying attention to me and when I've had a bad day, I can call them. And, um, you know, if I feel like going out there, there it's gonna be hard not to start to attach to that other person. Yeah, exactly. And the intentionality is key. If you're saying, okay, I wanna date this person that lives in another state, you have to find ways that you can connect. And you're right, with technology, it's a lot easier than it used to be, right? We're not sending letters in the mail anymore. Mm -hmm. We get to maybe see this person on FaceTime or uh, Zoom or whatever it might be. Um, we can have these intentional dates. Uh, one that can be fun is, you know, both of you uh, starting a movie at the same time, right? So you're almost watching a movie together and you can pause and check in. Um, but, you know, even if you're not in the same location or maybe uh, both of you pick a book that you're going to read over the course of the next month and then you have that intentional connection and you can talk about those things. Um, so there's really ways of doing it, but you have to be committed. Um, I've seen a lot in um, uh, some clients that have long distance relationships and they fell apart because primarily, right, they weren't uh, putting enough effort into that uh, relationship and, you know, not necessarily in fault of either person in the relationship, but, you know, if you're not prioritizing it, that, that could be a signal too. But yeah, it's a lot easier um, to, uh, you know, maybe have our needs met with somebody closer in our proximity. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's so many options, like you said, with technology, we can have dinner together, we can have a Zoom happy hour, we can talk every day and do all of those things. But another thing that causes a long distance relationship to, to kind of fizzle out and make other people more attractive is if our lives are not intersecting in any sort of way, we, we start to feel like we're running out of things to talk about, or there is just mm. like, you're not part of my every day. So make still really remaining active parts of each other's lives is I think another important part of maintaining a long distance relationship. If I'm yep. doing something completely separate and your life is completely separate, at some point we, we don't have a lot to connect on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So some things that we might want to focus on in our current relationship. So um, when we're feeling disconnected and, you know, other people might, other options might feel a little bit more desirable. Um, you know, one thing that can be really helpful is, you know, increasing opportunities to spend time with your partner. Um, and this is something we, um, uh, help uh, most couples that we see um, get better at because if we are prioritizing everything in, in front of our relationship, right, our relationship's always going to be on the back burner. And yet, you know, oftentimes people aren't satisfied with the connection in their relationship. So how do we make time for that? And some people don't like the idea of like, planning dates or things like that, like every Friday, you know, we have a date night or whatever it might be, but these things might have to be that way. So you are getting that time together. Um, so, you know, um, the thing we don't pay attention to, right, is usually the thing that stresses us out the most. So if we're not paying attention to our relationship, it's probably going to increase uh, your uh, stress and anxiety. So um, we want to invest that time in what meaningful connection is and what quality connection is. It's not sitting on the couch watching the same show, but you're both scrolling on your phones and not even looking at each other, right? We have to make intentional connection time um, to show each other that uh, you're still a priority. Um, so trying uh, new exciting experiences together could be something fun, right? When we're collecting more of these things that we get to share and look back on and laugh about or feel proud of ourselves for, um, that really enriches the relationship. Um, of course, making time to listen to each other's needs, um, you know, talk about changing expectations um, as they shift because, you know, relationships go through all different kinds of transitions. And as we were talking about in our first episode, those big transitions tend to be places where we can start to feel attracted to other people because, you know, things are, you know, a little bit more uh, tense or, you know, just a little bit more challenging as we go through different transitions in life. So, um, of course, a great place to do um, all this is uh, couples therapy. So you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, Laura, in terms of, you know, opening up the relationship and when that might be uh, a good time to do that. So um, let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So like we said, if you choose to have um, multiple romantic relationships or, or more than one romantic partner, that all works if it's within the parameters of consensual non-monogamy, where you and your partner or partners have agreed not to be monogamous and that you have agreed to certain parameters in your relationship. Everyone's in the know, everyone's on the same page, um, and they've decided that they prefer to have a more open relationship or to have you know, their, their physical and emotional needs are better met with more than one partner versus just a single partner. 
Um, and for some people, that's an option that really works. I will say that even in uh, ethical non-monogamous relationships, there is still are boundaries. And so the boundaries might be different than a traditional monogamous relationship. But I've even worked, I've worked with partners who are, are in open relationships or in polyamorous relationships where there are boundary violations, where there is a sense of betrayal because whatever the, the agreed upon um, dynamic was betrayed in some sort of way. So just because you have a more open relationship doesn't mean that you're not going to want to consider some of these same things as if, if it's that we've talked about throughout the episode. If if what you're doing is not within the bounds of what you've agreed on with your partners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really good points. Um, so just a few reminders as we end this episode in this series. Um, normal relationships, they all ebb and flow. So um, you know, you're going to have periods where you feel more or less connected to each other. That is just, you know, part of being in a relationship. It's what we do with it, right? If we feel like it's, it's ebbing much more frequently or for longer than, you know, we're feeling the, the more flow of, you know, things going well. Um, so, you know, this, this is just normal. Um, so developing feelings for someone else, um, you know, doesn't necessarily, again, represent a desire to leave your existing relationship. But again, it's what you uh, do with that, um, you know, to develop a crush or an attraction uh, to somebody um, can be totally independent, even of your happiness in your relationship. So, um, you know, if you notice that person at the post office or, you know, you find yourself attracted to somebody um, on TV or whatever it is, right? That doesn't mean you're unsatisfied necessarily in your relationship. It just means you have two eyes and yeah. <laughs> you're a human being. Um, something else to keep in mind, crushes don't typically last that long, um, you know, especially when we don't cultivate them. So again, that's something where we don't want to necessarily be going out of our way, uh, uh, amongst the cubicles at work to, you know, grab the thing from the printer that's a little bit further away, right? If we're, we're cultivating these crushes, then uh, they are definitely going to last longer. Um, of course, improving uh, communication skills to combat uh, negative assumptions that you have within your relationship, um, advocating for your needs, as we've been saying, uh, really work on reconnection and repair with your partner without needing to have a third person um, to bring you some sort of sense of stability. Um, and then again, couples and individual counseling, really helpful. Um, you know, if it's individual counseling, um, it really helps identifying maybe some underlying personal reasons that have nothing to do with your relationship or even the crush. So um, all the things to keep in mind. Anything else today, Laura? I think that's all we have for today. And this is going to be our last episode for a little while. We are taking the summer off. We really appreciate everyone that has listened to us and uh, we'll be back in the fall. But in the meantime, if you want to hear any other uh, therapy tips or mental health content, you can go over to anchorlighttherapy.com and see all, and listen to any of our past uh, episodes until we return in the fall. Yep. Yeah. Anytime a podcast I love takes some sort of break, I'm like, oh, now I can catch up on the old, <laughs> really old ones I've never listened to. So yes, thank you everybody for listening. And we look forward to uh, being back in the fall. Have a great summer. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.